agriculture uses about half of the habitable land on planet Earth. Over three quarters of that is deployed for livestock. We get an asymmetric output from a global caloric perspective, about one-sixth. So you don't have to be good at fractions and math to understand that disconnect. Welcome to Lion Tree's 2023 Outlook Series. I'm Laura Clinton with Kindred Media, and this year we'll be presenting sector-specific overviews from our Lion Tree managing directors, leading up to the January 17th release of Lion Tree founder and CEO Arya Burkov's annual Outlook interview with Public Markets lead Leslie Mallon. We are here with John Trougett, a managing director at Lion Tree, focused on industrial and disruptive technology and energy transition thematics, which is inclusive of areas like food tech, ag tech, and climate tech. Can you bring us through some of the major trends in 2022 across this sector? We had quite a juxtaposition of trends in 2022. On the one hand, unfortunately, we had adverse macro headwinds, such as surging inflation, fracturing supply chains, trade protectionism flaring up amidst geopolitical turmoil, and ongoing persistent climate change effects to navigate. All that combined to highlight the fragility of our current food system. On the other hand, we had growing evidence of strong secular tailwinds spurred by technology and innovation in areas such as the alternative protein industry, indoor farming, and more broadly, penetration of AI, ML, data science, automation, thematics within the permeating digitization megatrend. What should we anticipate for 2023? What trends are you looking out for? Well, I'm hopeful that as we navigate 2023, some of those macro headwinds will subside, notably inflation, geopolitical strife. But obviously there's risk that they persist, that will exacerbate the food insecurity problem that too many global citizens face today. Nearly one third staggering amount of the global population is moderately or severely food insecure. Human ingenuity and long-term sustainability commitments will absolutely need to strengthen in order to combat the long-term systemic issues that demographics frankly make quite daunting. On that macro note, how might this sector be impacted by a prolonged downturn? I think it goes back to basics. A basic universal right and necessity is sufficient access to food and water. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is still very much applicable here at the end of 2022, heading into 2023, and will be a long-term, eternally held truth. So I think professionals and non-professionals that have been distracted and allured by speculative asset classes in the good times or the, the frothy times will now hunker down and focus on what's important. I think everyone will need to seek fortification of the well-being of their families, those around them, and those with good fortune will, I think, become much more motivated to drive positive impact for others if the downturn intensifies in this, again, necessary sector to focus on. And how are you advising the companies that you work with to navigate this time? Like with most growth economy sectors, I think the mantra of conserve cash and extend runway amidst uncertainty holds true. Not only does it improve the probability of standalone survival, but the chessboard becomes more interesting during times of dislocation. 
those well positioned to acquire talent and technology can accelerate and fortify their own industry positioning and become even more mission critical in attachment to the long term growth dynamics underpinned by sustainability and demographic change. What do you see as the biggest threat to sustainability and the climate today? I think status quo. <laughs> Clearly, regardless of which COP program we're on, we continue to reiterate the need to diverge from the current pathway we're on that will lead to irreparable harm to the environment, to our own livelihoods, to our descendants' prospects. And I think short-termism will undo us all. Obviously, the downturn can magnify the focus and the myopia of the basic needs that I spoke to. But if we don't collaborate on a global scale, we have much to worry about on the long term. In some sense, maybe, do you think this is a necessary trial for companies to really begin to think long term and get out of that short term growth mindset and focus on elements like sustainability? I think so. I think so. Now, clearly, in a downturn, a prolonged one, and especially, we'll have to do more with less. We'll have to be much more disciplined on return equations and the viability of certain business initiatives, technology, flyers that in the good times were easy chips to place on the table. I think in sustained downturn territory, there's got to be a much more judicious capital allocation framework that's employed. The return profile attached to these long-term demographic and sustainability prospects is quite high. So if you're thinking about a long-duration compounding bet, why not make it on sustainability, climate change that, again, back to basics, though, needs to have a reasonable, incredible business model and strategic growth plan to tackle the opportunity. Turning towards our natural resources, what resources do you feel are the most at risk right now? Water, crops, livable land? Agriculture uses about half of the habitable land on planet Earth. Over three quarters of that is deployed for livestock, whether it's grazing land or producing feed for that livestock. We get an asymmetric output from a global caloric perspective, about one sixth. So you don't have to be good at fractions and math to understand that disconnect. I think the plant-based revolution is a testimony to more conscientious appreciation of the inefficiencies of the current system. And I think having not everyone turn vegan, but having folks being a little bit more mindful of what they're consuming and perhaps experimenting on the much more abundant and from a land perspective, efficient fruits, vegetables, roots, cereals, etc., is only going to be probably good for our diets and nutrition, but also better for the planet. I think water scarcity is also quite topical with the ongoing intensifying climate change issues, unpredictable weather patterns. We have seen many communities completely dislocated. There is systemic risk to certain third world, but also first world locations that are near and dear to our heart. I think this is going to be an unavoidable issue that we need to collaborate to tackle. How do you view the relationship between technology and sustainability? I think they are very much intertwined. When you think about broader technological trends that are pervading every vertical industry imaginable, such as AI, ML, data analytics being deployed in this traditional industry, the potential is enormous. 
we clearly have a supply demand imbalance. We have incremental episodic flare-ups, geopolitical weather created that make agriculture and food sustainability, our entire system, fragile. And I think 2022 highlighted the fragility of the current system. Technology is an incredibly powerful potential bridge to sort out the inequities and inefficiencies of the system. So whether it's on the upstream in biosciences, for instance, all the way down to the farm and those downstream methods that encourage more sustainable informed production. So uh, I'm quite optimistic about the potential for technology to drive positive impact in this fragile system. Thinking about the way that technology and AI builds off of the existing systems, and as you mentioned, those are quite fragile. Is there a middle ground? There's a lot of people out there, I think, saying just throw the whole system away. How do we bridge that gap? Can technology serve as that bridge, as you mentioned, in repairing a system that's not totally broken necessarily, but certainly ineffective for the majority? Yeah, I think technology can appeal to all stakeholders. So there's always a concern or reflexive concern about automation, you know, dislocating certain elements of the worker population. But clearly, certainly in the U.S., we have a labor scarcity issue. We have a labor intensive industry in agriculture and automation, robotics, AI, creating a more thoughtful and predictive model for which crops to plant, which equipment to purchase, which sustainable production techniques to employ. I think we can overlay that more thoughtful and predictive approach and integrate it into the installed base, let's just say, of stakeholders today. Are there any particular technologies that come to mind that you are particularly optimistic about in helping to mitigate some of these risks towards our natural resources? I'd have to say I'm really excited about AI, robotics, and automation, transforming a highly labor-intensive industry that incurs natural unpredictability year in, year out. Big data science techniques combining macro and micro inputs to enable more predictive posturing should augur a more efficient and sustainable system. So I'm highly optimistic that a lot of those conventional trend lines permeating the broader digital revolution ought to drive positive impact in this traditional, very large industry. We are a very creator economy focused place, very creator economy focused firm, and we live in an incredibly connected world. How do you feel that these industry consumer relationships impact the development of this technology or impact the development of these markets? That's great. I think it aligns quite nicely with the longer term innovation curve we're on in the industry. Clearly, we have a supply demand imbalance in many parts of the world subject to systemic shocks. We need more supply and ideally more sustainable production methods and creators that can help sprout up, accelerate, and establish new brands more quickly than ever before. And frankly, influence broader receptivity to try new products can be terrific catalysts for change. We need change. These products don't need to be more nutritious and sustainable necessarily. I'm not sure Mr. Beast's burgers are, but more power to those that do catalyze those offerings. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to tune back in on January 17th to hear Lion Tree founder and CEO Arya Burkov's annual Outlook interview with public markets lead Leslie Mallon. Available everywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>